1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Level Up with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show. In this week's episode, I caught up with professional FIFA player Jazz Singh, previously of Team MV and West Ham United, head of the new FIFA 21 esports season. He told me about how he became a professional FIFA player, what it was like to represent Chelsea and West Ham, his thoughts on FIFA 20, his early thoughts on FIFA 21, and his future aspirations in FIFA esports. I'm delighted to be joined by professional FIFA player Jas Singh, previously of Team Envy and West Ham United. Um, how are you doing, Jas? I'm all right, mate. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all. It's great to great to have you on and I uh, can't wait to hear about your story. Let's just start from the beginning then. So tell me the story of how you became a professional FIFA esports player and where did it all
0: begin for you in terms of early FIFA titles? Well, I've been playing FIFA all my life since I was a young kid and um, always played it casually and then... About FIFA 17, 18 time, I started to get a sense that I'm actually quite good at the game and can compete at the highest level. So I started entering myself in tournaments, small tournaments and, um, that are open to anyone to join. And also the weekend league, I started playing that consistently and finishing within the top 100 players, where you play 40 games and the players that win about 38, 39 out of the 40, finishing the top 100 leaderboard. And then obviously, once you're in the top 100 ranked players, you're there for anyone to scout you. Yeah? So that's basically how I got started on the, the professional journey.
1: And were you always that player that kind of smashed your mates when you played them
0: casually and stuff? Were you always that guy amongst your friends? Yeah, yeah, I always used to beat my mates. But I never really, still never saw it as a, you know, that um, I could actually make it as one of the best in the world. But yeah, yeah it about 2018 time, that I actually thought, yeah, I can do this, you know, as a full-time career.
1: When was the moment really when you it kind of hit you that you could do
0: this as a... As a living. Well, first I ranked in the top 100 a few times early 2018, but even then, that's just like okay, you're good at the games, nothing. You've not really achieved anything. It was about halfway into the year where I qualified for my first ever tournament in Manchester, where the top 64 players in the world compete. And you know, when I qualified for that, I'm like, I've actually made it. Now, not just it's not just a casual thing. I've actually you know achieved something.
1: And how different was it at an actual event rather than just you know. On your console at home, because you've got the additional pressure, haven't you? Then of being in front of people and
0: having people watch you when you d- you didn't normally have that before. Yeah, it was massive. You know, my first tournament, I was literally uh, shaking going into the first game. I'll be honest with you, like. For a person at the time, I was eighteen years old, and for me to be like going onto the same stage as the players that I grew up watching, like not coming watching, but at the time that I used to, you know, learn from watching players like Gorilla Tass and stuff, to be actually on the same stage as them, it was uh, at first I was absolutely like dreading it, man. To be honest with you, but eventually after you're there, we uh, month after month for every tournament, you eventually get used to it.
1: How much of an an impact do you think that actually has on your game and in terms of success as well? Because in in real life football and sport, the best team doesn't always win. Sometimes it's about who handles the occasion best.
0: Um, if anything, is that is that the same in FIFA esports? Yeah, definitely. Uh- A lot of players are, you could say they've got the perfect game, but it's all about your nerves and your composure when it actually gets to the moment that matters. And at first, I really struggled with that. But thankfully, eventually I did settle and start doing well. Uh, But yeah, definitely for newcomers, nerves is probably the biggest thing in FIFA esports because things that you could do 10 out of 10 times at home you'll be struggling to do on on the biggest stage when you're on the broadcast and you've got uh, 10,000 people watching you. people there at the arena as well, you know, and you're playing against a top player. A lot of things have an effect on how you play on that day. What was your family's reaction when
1: you told them that you wanted to be a professional FIFA player and and go that way rather than getting a traditional
0: job, if you can call it that now? Well, yeah, uh, I was in my first year of uni at that time when I first qualified for the tournaments and um it was such a weird one because I told them that I'm going to Amsterdam and Manchester and London and stuff instead of going to uni and at first there was a bit shocked. But once you started to show them that you're earning decent money from it and stuff and you're travelling the world, yeah eventually they came on board with it. To us, I mean you're you're way younger than me, but
1: to, to us like the younger generation it's it's definitely a viable career now and you, we've seen it grow over the last couple of years. But to the older generation this is like completely new to them and I'm I'm guessing you've had to explain to some of your family members like when they say what do you do I mean I'm sure you've had a few awkward conversations
0: yeah very awkward very awkward um, to explain that you play games for a living and stuff Um, a lot of the they don't really understand it at all but I guess now with time, as it gets bigger and bigger, it'll explain itself.
1: What do you think are the more kind of stereotypical uh, barriers that you, you're having to overcome? Because there's a lot of that out there in terms of, you know, esports players are often branded lazy because they just kind of sit uh, sit on their bum and play video games for a living and stuff. What, what do you think are some of the biggest stereotypes that just that aren't true when it comes to esports and being a professional?
0: Well, yeah, that's one of the biggest um biggest stereotype for a professional gamer that they just like sit on their desk all day and just play games and eat like burgers and drinks and that while playing. But it's not really like that. A lot of you look at a lot of the players, there's no one that's really uh what that falls into that category. Everyone's active, everyone's got lives outside of FIFA and stuff and um yeah, that's just a wrong stereotype uh, in my opinion. Even like Ryan, Ryan uh, Man City Ryan, I saw one of his um, articles the other day where he said that you can look at most of the players, they're all fit, they're all you know, in other activities, not just FIFA. So yeah, it's just a weird one to see that everyone's always classed as that sort of uh, sad gamer. Uh, that's pa- surely in the past now and you can you can see
1: that. How do you look back on your FIFA journey? Because I know you said before that um, you used obviously beat your mates and stuff and you used to be the guy known as, as being good on FIFA and stuff. But, I mean, you ranked fifth in the UK on Xbox um, on FIFA 20 and you were 38th in the world. To be 38th in the world at something is so rare. How do you look back on your journey and... Do you ever think about how far you've come and how talented you are in this particular field?
0: Uh, If I'm completely honest with you, even though I'm fifth in England and what, 38, I feel like I can achieve a lot more than that. Like, genuinely, I don't. I don't feel impressed by myself with what I've done so far. I always feel like I've underachieved and not really fulfilled what I can do. So, you know, at the minute, it's just more and more focused and um, basically, uh, what's the word for it? Like aspiration to get even higher because I know I can do better than what I've done so far. But yeah, it is, it is decent so far what I've done. Uh, represented N.V. West Ham and Chelsea. But, yeah, I've always dreamed higher of, you know, winning something or becoming a vice champion. So, yeah, that's my dream for next season.
1: Whenever I've watched you at events, um, I'm always really impressed with your kind of style of play and you've got a very possession-oriented style of play, haven't you? And um, it's really good to watch. But what do you... You mentioned there about you you can do even better. What, What do you think has been holding you back and what
0: are some of the little details you think that you need to improve then? Well... I can't blame it on bad luck, but I don't. I feel like there's there's sometimes I just don't perform as well as I should. But this this season, FIFA 20 just gone. I feel like I was the best. This was my best um, FIFA season to date. But I feel two of the events uh, in Paris and in America. After getting through to the knockouts, I lost to MS Desari, who's the Xbox World Champion. Twice, and I feel like that's just a bit of bad luck because the last few events I don't get through the group stage, and when I finally do, I play the best Xbox player in the world. It's a bit um, of bad luck, but at the same time, you've got to beat the best to be the best, so you can't always blame it on luck, you know, you've got to overcome those sort of players as well.
1: You talk about luck, I mean, we've had a a couple of FIFA guys on the show before and talked about the element of luck within the game as well, and that's been kind of getting bigger. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's become more of a factor in recent FIFA games where there's that randomness in the gameplay, especially when it comes to esports. Do you think that's had an effect as well?
0: Yeah, massively. Um, It's such a shame because FIFA has potential to have a big skill gap, but right now it's just like there's there's so much luck involved where one person could be clean through a goal and um, hit the post and the opponent could have the exact same angle of shot, exact same position and it will go top corner. There's no consistency in um a lot of the different aspects of the game but hopefully with the new FIFA coming out in a few weeks we will see a lot of the luck based um, factors go out of the game and you know a more skill gapped game. It seems like
1: EI is stuck in the middle really in terms of do they want to create a football simulation which obviously would have an element of luck the element of luck is a massive thing in in real life football or do yeah. they want to have a, a football eSports game which has the element of luck gone away from it so it's fair for everyone so it has a kind of fair it's it's a difficult decision isn't it maybe there needs yeah. to be two versions of the game I don't know moving forward
0: well that's the thing because even in football the the teams that are bottom off of the table will the odd time get a result over you know the top teams like Liverpool and Man City. You whatnot? So even in in FIFA, if if you make it completely skill based, then the people that ain't as skilled will just get bored and lose interest if they're getting panned ten 0 every game by the top players. So I guess they have to put something in there to keep them interesting, which is, you know, it's a tough argument because they can't go out and make it all about who's the best. Because then, as I just said, the, the people that are just casuals will lose interest quickly if it's too hard for them.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's the casual players as well, isn't it, that, that have no interest in the competitive side and know and you play kickoff or whatever. If you're a casual just picking up a pad on and playing kickoff against your mates, you, you want a football experience, don't you? Not, not something that's just controlled. like. So it's, it's a very difficult situation they're in moving forward then like you said to, to FIFA 21 I think it's been well documented that the, the beat has been played over the kind of last month and we we've spoke to uh, Foot Dunk uh, last week who well he couldn't say whether he had or not but he just gave me his kind of impressions or whatever I'm not going to say if you can confirm whether you played it or not but are you feeling positive about FIFA 21 more positive than FIFA 20 do you think
0: definitely definitely Um, what I will say is I'm always looking forward to the start of the season you know it's all the start the first month when the game drops is all about how much you can adapt quick enough and learn everything and it's just basically grind and um, whoever grinds and learns the fastest will be at the top coming into the first tournament and qualifying so yeah the first month is always exciting to see who comes out and who you know adapt the fastest
1: it's definitely exciting for the esports scene as well, isn't it? Because you're a free agent going into the new season. You've represented Chelsea and West Ham, like you've said, team MV beforehand. Um yeah. if you can adapt to FIFA twenty-one quicker and you can adapt to the meta and you can get used to it, you you'd be in a great position in the earlier competitions to get your get your FIFA rankings up and potentially sign with a new team. So it's it's like anyone's game, isn't it, at the start, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people, if they can um, stamp their authority straight at the start of the season, it sets them up uh, for the rest of the season and puts them at a big advantage. Uh, a lot of players do damage in the first month or two of the season and that already puts them right on track to finish for the World Cup, whereas some players, you know, graph through the whole year, event after event, trying to get their points up. But uh, starting off the season fast is always a big, bigger uh, factor.
1: How many hours do you put in at the start of any FIFA game? Like, how What's your general day look like on the FIFA launch day? Uh,
0: on the launch day, you're pretty much uh, on it all day. It might sound a bit sad. As soon as it drops, you pretty much... Let's say it drops at midnight, you'll be playing till I don't know, 1 or 2... No, not 1 or 2. Yeah, 1 or 2 p.m. really, and then sleep after that. That's what I remember doing last year. You just bang it out for like 10, 11 hours, trying to get a
1: feel of the game. Is that because you're thinking all the other pros are doing the same? So you need to? So
0: you need to be doing the same type of thing? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to play so much that you weigh yourself out as well. It's quite important to, you know, not overdo it because FIFA is another thing where if you play too much, you'll get in your head so much that, oh, I've already done this, I've already went on my left foot rifle. Right. You don't want to get uh, inside your head too much, so you want to keep a fresh mind going into every game.
1: We've heard from different FIFA players, some pe- some players play all the time to kind of keep their f- sharpness up. And then I know Tex is one that doesn't really play the game, does he, if he's not a tournament or whatever. Um, yeah. What type of person are you? Are you in the middle?
0: Well, going into a tournament, I do grind a lot. But like generally, when there's no qualifiers, no tournaments, um, I don't really play too much either because as I said you get in your head too much if you repeat too many things um it's a tough one to explain to uh, to like the casuals but if you keep on doing the same thing same style of play you'll eventually start um repeating mistakes and stuff whereas if you go into a qualifier tournament with a fresh mind you'll be like it just flows itself when you haven't played for a while you'll just be letting yourself play freely that's probably the best I can explain it if you overplay then yeah you start making mistakes and stuff
1: and do you do you have any kind of um, coach or friends in the esports scene that that you talk to and try and improve your game, or is is that not something that you've you've gone through yet?
0: Yeah, a lot of the UK lads are a tight group of lads. We always um, play against each other and stuff to get better. Because uh, first, when I first joined, I always used to see the Germans were always um, sort of really tight with each other and always. Practice. And They was the top at FIFA eight, but ever since last year, I feel like a lot of the UK lads have get, since um, included about how to practice between yourselves and not between everyone. Uh, it's really improved their game, as you can see this season. One of my mates, uh, Hashtag Tom, he's the PS4 champion um, on Xbox. I think he's number one ranked in the world on uh, PS4 as well. No, I think I said Xbox so there, PS4, I mean, he's the PS4 champ. And um, that just shows that we've come a long way since... um. FIFA 18 and stuff where a lot of us wasn't even qualifying for many events one or two events in a year now you're consistently seeing the UK players at every event and you know not just getting there but getting f- into the further semi-finals finals of the tournaments and obviously you've got Tex as well who wins most tournaments
1: yeah, I was going to ask about Hashtag Tom actually because obviously he won the uh, the Premier League that was, that was a couple of months ago actually only last month it was really late wasn't it um, yeah. and we saw just how like emotionally was that it was his first like major tournament win like how how important is that for a FIFA player and are we are we going to expect a similar reaction from you as well
0: yeah uh, well hopefully hopefully I've come I've come close I came, last year's Premier League uh, 2019 I lost in the final <laughs> against Man United and um I really thought that that would be the time, but as you said, it's all about margins and stuff. Uh, but yeah, hopefully I can go on to win one. I saw what it meant to Tom and you know it just if you win something and win a nice amount of money, it's it'll put you on top of the world. And uh, I was buzzing for him, and hopefully we can see that this season as well.
1: Yeah, was that um, Jonesy or was that Tom Lee's last year? Uh, no, no, it was a uh, Coley's Oh yeah, team. that's it. Yeah, sorry, I got the I got the Toms mixed up there. What was it like representing Chelsea? Like, one of the biggest teams in the world at a a Premier League event last year. That must have been, like, crazy.
0: Yeah, representing Chelsea, I'd say, is definitely the highlight of my FIFA career, the two, two and a half years I've been doing it. Um, You know, going to Stamford Bridge for a photo shoot and stuff, and I was just walking, like, actually seeing, like, Fabregas and a few other players, and it was just like... (laughs) I was just like amazed that I've never really seen these top, top players, you know, in person that you watch on the telly playing in the Champions League and stuff. So, yeah, it was amazing. And just to be part of a club that's so big, you know, uh, I could never have imagined it, to be honest with you. Yeah and you've
1: got quite i mean you're still very young and you've got but you've got quite a bit of experience in terms of you've been at team mv and you've been at west ham as well yeah. what's the difference between being at a a traditional esports team if you like and being at a, with a football club what are the major
0: differences not really much difference to be completely honest with you uh, being with west ham I was a bit more hands on because they're a uk You know, football club, English football club, whereas Team Envy were American. So there was a bit of, there wasn't really like me going to Envy's headquarters or whatnot. Uh, Because obviously it's America. It was just communication over the phone and stuff. Whereas with West Ham, they're at the ground. You can practice there. uh, More and more photo shoots and stuff for activities like that. Whereas that's probably the only barrier between both of them. Playing for a UK football club and an American esports club.
1: So you keeping your options open then for the next team, just to, in terms of what options come to you, if it's, whether it's a football club or whether it's a, you know, uh, an eSports org as well?
0: Yeah, I'm keeping my options open. I'm just waiting to see going into the season. Uh, and if the right offer comes, then yeah, I'll sign.
1: I don't know if Birmingham City have got involved um, in esports yet, but um, I know you're a Birmingham City fan. Because when the quarantine cup um, came on, you were going to represent them, weren't you? But then, obviously, because you're West Ham, it, it didn't. It didn't kind of materialise. Yeah. What do you make of football clubs like becoming involved in in esports? Do you think it's a big step forward for the industry having having the names of the
0: clubs behind players? Oh, yeah, it's massive, um, especially if the football clubs push their players and, you know, interact with them on social media. Because there's there's quite a few players that have got a big social following, like Task, Gorilla, Hashtag Harry, of course, but it's only a small fraction of the actual uh, top players that actually have a big social following. And obviously, football clubs do have a big social following. You're talking millions of followers on each platform. And when they interact with their players... Then it gives more and more awareness and exposure to the to the FIFA eSport as well as the players, and you know that that gets our following up, that uh, that gets our stream viewers up, uh, viewership on YouTube, everything. So football clubs coming into the eSport is massive for us, and hopefully, uh, we'll see more and more involved.
1: Talking of social media followings, like how have you adapted from just being just a guy who plays FIFA casually with their mates to being like a professional FIFA player? And with all the kind of events and millions of people watching you around the world at all these different events and obviously social media, Twitch and YouTube and stuff as well. How have you dealt with that in terms of the fame, if you like?
0: Um, well you've just got to be a bit more professional with your profile now not really spam the time or anything. keep it all with game related um, that's all I can basically say about that um, not really have to change much just keep it a bit more your social media a bit more tidy
1: and what are your plans then for FIFA 21 because I know I saw a tweet that you've um, you quit a, you jo- the job that you did full time you've quit that ahead of the FIFA 21 season yeah. what, what were you doing yeah.
0: full time uh, I was delivering parcels, just um, working a van job for time being while there was no tournaments and stuff on because of COVID, uh, because the season got suspended. So I thought, while well, there's nothing going on with FIFA, I might as well get out and work for a bit. And uh, yeah, well now I've quit that as FIFA's coming back, and um, I'm looking forward to FIFA 21 now. Hopefully, graft and become one of the best and establish myself as one of the best this season. And
1: are you going to be doing like Twitch streams and YouTube and stuff like that or are you just going to focus on on the the tournaments and qualify for that?
0: I think the first few weeks I'll be figuring out then I'll hopefully go more onto the streaming platforms than YouTube because last few seasons I've done a few tips and tricks on YouTube as well and it's done well. Like People are always interested to see my 442 tactics that I use. Not many players use four four two now, but I've stuck with it ever since I started. It's my uh, goal two formation, and a lot of people always look to see what tactics I use and that like, or what my instructions are. So once I've figured everything out on the new game, I'll be putting that out as well.
1: Tactics videos tend to do really well on YouTube and yeah. stuff. I know a lot, of, a lot of players have started going that way. Do you think that's... that's yeah. you, you mentioned about football clubs and stuff as well and integrating and, and getting interaction from them as well. Do you think YouTube yeah. is like the new social media, if you like, in terms of getting your name out there to as many people as possible? Do you think that's where, where it's going and the Twitch streaming as well?
0: I haven't streamed much or done much YouTube, but when you do and you've got people interacting with you, yeah like hundreds of people. It's just amazing that, you know, you're just playing FIFA and people, so many people are interested in watching watching you, what you're doing and, you know, learning from you. Um, it's a unique experience, really. And uh, hopefully it just grows and grows because it's one of the best parts of being a professional player, having a following and, you know, interacting with so many people.
1: You look at the the FIFA esports scene. You compare it to, I mean, obviously football is uh, one of the biggest sports in the world, and FIFA's the the game, really. I know pro evo's out there, but um, it's not really a, a competitor at the moment. I, I always feel that it should be so much more popular than it is. When you look at like some of the uh, the biggest esports games like League of Legends and like Valorant and, and CS:GO, and I mean, they're they're all amazingly popular but FIFA is still yeah. kind of a growing a growing esports scene it, it should be so much more popular than it is and hopefully will get to that level but what do you think is kind of stopping it from, from becoming more mainstream?
0: Well there's many things really um, one of the biggest things I'd say is the prize pool's the FIFA esports prize pools are uh, seriously behind compared to when you look at Fortnite and Call of Duty and stuff. And obviously, when you see fifty million prize pool, hundred million prize pools on those sort of games, you know those get the high headlines. Whereas FIFA, the the winner gets like fifty k, which is a lot of money fifty k. But you know it doesn't really grab the headlines for viewers to think um, the way Fortnite and Call of Duty does. And then and again, um, like Fortnite and Call of Duty, their their players are allowed to showcase their their personalities a lot more as well when competing Like whereas on FIFA you're not really allowed to have a rivalry or anything uh, so hopefully we can have more of that in the future
1: I remember at the, the Premier League last year the, the first time ever um, when you represented Chelsea and I was speaking to a few of the players there including yourself uh, I'm not sure if yeah. you mentioned it but I mean uh, I remember one uh, one guy said that he was actually a, a loss coming to the tournament because there was no prize money. It was seen as like um, you get to represent this club and it's for your profile, but there's no prize money involved. So it's like the exposures, the the payment. I couldn't believe it to be honest. Like at an event which is which is a Premier League event, um, which I think that just shows. I mean, I know there was prize money this year, but that just shows that I think that's a really good point of prize money because it is very far behind the the top
0: esports. There definitely should have been a prize pool for that E-Premier League last year. Uh, that was my best tournament to date, you know, finishing uh, Vice Champion on PS4. So that would have paid out nicely if there was. But it's a shame that that was the first tournament in that year that they chose not to have a prize pool. But I still wonder to this day like, why there wasn't. Because this year, the same tournament had quite a big prize pool. So it was a weird one that was, yeah. I think they
1: probably got a bit of kind of stick over it didn't they and they kind of had to put some in there but I mean with it being online and stuff as well that it wouldn't have cost them obviously much to host the tournament and stuff so you would expect them to be a prize pool hopefully the prize pools will get bigger the more popular the esports becomes because I know the eWorld Cup had a bigger prize pool didn't it this year but that was yeah. still really low in comparison to like Fortnite for example like the guy that uh, I mean the 16 year old that won the singles last year won like more than I think more than Tiger Woods did for winning the Masters. You know I mean, that's just like it's so far behind FIFA esports, but hopefully the more popular it gets, uh, the bigger the prize pool I get as well over the next few years. So obviously we're recording this um, after the FIFA 21 top 100 ratings reveal over the last few days. Um, what what kind of um, ratings have stood out for you?
0: Um, my go-to player every year is Neymar. He's my favourite player to use because obviously he's got Five star, five star, fits with most teams. You can link him with Mbappe, uh, most of Brazilian players, etc. So he's the one that stood out to me. a Few weird ratings as well, like Sancho's pace being downgraded, uh, Gnabry's pace being downgraded. A few questionable uh, ratings there, but yeah, everything else it looks good, and um, I'm looking forward to
1: it. Yeah, Neymar's been downgraded though, hasn't he, from ninety two to ninety one? So that's a bit of a, a yeah. bit of a
0: weird one. Yeah, a lot of players that had a brilliant season last season I've been downgraded this year it's, it's really strange even um Aubameyang I think he scored 25-30 goals and he got a downgrade yeah. so strange decision making I think he even put that on social media himself didn't
1: he I think he put a little tweet out saying he couldn't believe it or something
0: so looking at the uh,
1: the the top 100 players, I know there's been a few writings differences in comparison to recent years, but I think one of the things that was bounded about was the fact that so many special cards, and l- l- last year there was more than ever really, and that yeah. must be difficult as an esports player as well because... There's just so many options out there for you to choose from. Do you yeah. think that might be why some of the ratings have come down to just give them a bit of extra room when it comes to informs? They've got more room to upgrade the cards. Because I think Messi had like 4.99s last year or something stupid.
0: Last year, there were so many promos and special cards that, you know, it is literally overloaded. You couldn't, it was confusing trying to think of a squad to make. There were so many different players. So I think that's why this year they've downgraded a lot of the players so it gives them more. That's as you said, more room to be more creative with the new upgrades and like flashback cards. And I'm, I mean, I'm guessing as
1: well that you're hoping that the drop back isn't as effective in FIFA 21 as well. Because I know a lot of pros are really making their opinion known about that, about how difficult it was in tournaments. I know we saw like so many after drop back started being the meta. We saw so many yeah. like one 0 0-0, like something yeah. we've never seen before in FIFA esports. All of a sudden, it was boring to watch. Which can't be good yeah, for the eSports scene.
0: Well, I hope that it gets removed from the game this upcoming upcoming season because, as um, results shown in the last few tournaments, it was a very defensive style of play. Everyone was playing it. I even played it in um, Paris as well because if it works, you're going to use it. But of course, it's a lot more insane to be to watch if you're playing without it. So I really hope they do remove it because it just makes it a lot of boring for the viewers uh, watching one no wins two on wins when fifa has the potential to be goals 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 so yeah hopefully they do remove it or scale it down to the point where it's not effective
1: i've seen a couple of like youtubers put clips of the the beta online um a couple of and it seems like there's more goals i don't know if that's whether just because they know it's not important they're just messing around maybe or not playing properly but it seems like there's going to be more goals would you prefer that as, as opposed
0: to like tight games. Oh, definitely. It'll probably add to a lot more nerves as well, going goal after goal. You know, into <laughs> football. But yeah. I think it will be a lot more, a lot better for the sport if you know there's loads of exciting goals, and you know, I'm sure the viewership will definitely increase if you see four a four-fours and five five-fours instead of, you know, the odd one-nil no, where a lucky bounce goes one of the players' ways because that's what separates players at the highest level when they're both playing drop-back and defensive. Uh, you know, a lucky bounce or a lucky opening, whereas, you know, if the game's a lot more open, uh, I think it'll be a lot better for the viewers to see goals.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I think FIFA 20 last year, I think in terms of watching tournaments, I'm not sure how you feel, but I felt... Most of the important goals was a mistake rather than yeah. a bit of excellent play. Do you know what I mean? Rather than rather yeah, than yeah. someone pulling out an amazing bit of play and 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 scoring a good goal, it was a mistake yeah. from the other the, the other player that let that player in, which isn't really great to watch.
0: Yeah, one, that's exactly either a mistake or, you know, a lack of concentration or just anything in a split second where you've not what tracked the run or something. That's what would separate yeah. players at the highest level. But you want to see free throwing football where, you know, tiki-taka, creative through balls and stuff. That's what, you know, people would love to watch. If I'm watching a game of FIFA between the two highest uh, ranked players, I'd love to see them go at each other with most skills, goals and, you know, end to end who's going to score, who's going to win. Not just uh, who's going to who's going to slip up with their left back and let someone in.
1: How much did you have to adapt then? Was you really affected by the the meta, if you like, last year? Because I, I, I remember you being very possession-based in FIFA 19. We you the same in FIFA? Did you have to adapt in FIFA
0: 20 a bit more? The main thing I had to adapt to at the start of FIFA 20 was getting defensive players in midfield. I use, I like using midfielders that, midfielders that can attack, you know, front forward, like Pogba, Zidane, etc. But uh, one of the main things I had to do was, like, getting defensive players in midfield. Because obviously your defence is going to defend, but the meta was that you're getting your midfield to defend for you as well. So getting players like Solko, Vieira, Cantin, that was one of the biggest adaptations I had to do. Uh, not having that creative spark from midfield and just getting them on midfield to defend.
1: Yeah, I remember watching some of the tournaments and it was like you you only switch to a defender at the very last minute, don't you? You try and keep the defensive midfielder selected for as long as you can, because if you select a defender early, they'll pull you out of position.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You have to mark the lanes of your defensive midfielders before they get to strikers. And it's only when they get to their striker in the box that you switch to your centre-back. But hopefully that's all in the past now. We can see some, you know, attacking football and not a super defensive tactic.
1: So you said earlier on, yeah, that you, that you feel like there's more to come from you um, over the next few years and hopefully FIFA 21 will, will fit your style of play and you'll be able to adapt to it quickly. But I mean, what are you hoping for? What would be the best case scenario for you in
0: FIFA 21? Best case scenario, win an event, but realistic. Um, well, that's obviously your dream and that's to win an event. And uh, my realistic is get yeah, top four at the first event. But of course, you can say all those things. It's all about first adapting because you never know. Oh, there could be, there's only 16 spots in Europe. There could be 16 newcomers out of nowhere that are just uh, good at the game. So it's always easy to make plans early on, but you've got to see what the game's like and stuff first as well.
1: We'll only find out, I suppose, over the next few weeks when the game's actually announced because I remember playing the FIFA night of the FIFA 20 better, sorry, um, in August last year. And then when I actually got hold of the full game, it was, uh, it was a very different experience. I don't know why that happens, but I expect with the demo as well. Obviously, we haven't seen the FIFA 21 demo yet, but um, are you always wary when you play like a demo or a beta version of playing it too much because you'll get used to something that isn't the finished product?
0: Yeah, definitely. You don't want to play the beta too much because it's not the finished game. And, you know, if you get used... To, well, it's still good to play that and, you know, get used to the new features and stuff because those features will be in the game, but uh, it isn't the end product. So you can't treat it like, yeah, this is the one that I need to practice on and put my opinion into because, of course, it's in early stages and a lot of things will change when the actual game comes out.
1: Do you play any other games or is it just FIFA? FIFA, I'll
0: be honest with you. Yeah, I play other games like Call of Duty and... Uh, Fortnite and whatnot, was terrible at those games. If I'm honest with you, yeah. it's always been um FIFA that I can put my everything into and you know play at the highest level. Everything else, I'm pretty much a uh, what you'd class as casual
1: nice one well um, I really appreciate you coming on Jazz. it's been it's been really great to talk to you and, and hear about your story and I, I wish you the very best of luck in FIFA 21 whatever game we get I hope that you can uh, adapt to it as quickly as possible put the hours in and hopefully we'll see you win a major um, and hopefully there'll be fans there as well for you to celebrate with
0: well, I appreciate you having me on and everything no thanks problem so at much. all
1: thanks for your time appreciate it nice one Thank you for listening to the Level Up Podcast, an esports and gaming show. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon.